So if you want to optimize for voice search, essentially you should only really focus on the things that are best for SEO anyway. So whether it's optimizing for featured snippets or optimizing your structured data or optimizing for local search, all of these things, if you do that, will help your voice search anyway. So you don't need to spend time and money doing something extra for voice because right now there's not enough return on investment for that. This is Time for Marketing, the marketing podcast that will tell you everything you've missed when you didn't attend the marketing conference. Hello and welcome. My name is Peter. I'll be your host of today's podcast, the sixth episode of the Time for Marketing podcast, the podcast where we talk to the best speakers from marketing conferences from all around the world. First, let me apologize for the a bit of a problematic sound quality at, at the main part of the interview of today's podcast. My computer was way too helpful or was trying to be way too helpful. And of course, it switched from my excellent and nice Yeti microphone to its potato quality style computer microphone. So I sort of sound as I would be miles away from the microphone. We will fix that for the next time. And I'm sorry about that. In this podcast, we're going to speak to Purna Virji, the Senior Manager of Global Engagement at Microsoft. She spoke at Search Leads 2018. She will also speak about search marketing. Of course, this is a general marketing podcast. And for the next time, we have someone again that will speak a bit about search. And he has a big history in search marketing in SEO. So for the next podcast, we have Rand Fishkin, ex-Moz, now Spark Tora, and was, I'm very excited that you'll be able to listen to that interview. So subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever else you listen to this podcast. And of course, go and give us a rating at the end of this podcast. There's nothing else. I'll let you to listen to how I talked to Purna. Purna Virji, welcome to the Time for Marketing podcast. It's nice. It is nice to have you here. We have an extremely hot day in Slovenia. Where are you based and how is the weather there? So I am based on the east coast of the U.S. So right now it is peak summer here in Philadelphia and it's warm and bright blue skies. So I can't really complain. All right. Um, I've had a couple of previous couple of guests were from Europe and we have an, probably the biggest uh, heat wave uh, in Europe in the last 20, 30 or whatever something years. So weather was always the first thing we talked to. So I just wanted to check how it is in the United States. You are the Senior Manager for Global Engagement at Microsoft and looked uh, you up on the internet. There are so many things I should have said about you or should say about you. One of the, these probably being that you're, you were chosen as the most influential PPC expert by the PPC Hero website and other great stuff. Speak, you spoke at a lot of conferences. By the way, I also noticed you spoke at a conference in Slovenia last year. This year? Yes, I did. And this year in March, I spoke at In Orbit in Portoroj. And so far, Slovenia is 
the best country I've ever visited in the whole world. I love, it's so beautiful. People are so friendly. It's really good food. And oh my God, the best olive oil I've ever had. Yes, these are the great things for, of, of my country. Um, Orbit is actually uh, organized by my previous employer. I used to work at Red Orbit with Andrash and everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. Really um, sad that I couldn't be at Inorbit this year, but I was on holidays in Philippines, so you know I had to choose. We in, I invited you to this podcast because you spoke at Search Leads at the Search Leads conference in the UK with your presentation mm-hmm. on intelligent search and intelligent assistance. You explored the AI era of search. Before we go into um, into your presentation, how are search leads? I've had a couple of guests from uh, the UK conferences. I've heard only great things about the leads conference. Yeah, I was really blown away. I thought it was a fantastic conference. They have organized it so well. Like each topic is so carefully chosen and it's beyond the co- type of content is beyond what you would hear at, at like a regular conference. I thought it was so enlightening. Like I sat in just different sessions and I picked up so much and, and they were so welcoming. Like Stephen, Charlie, the whole uh, branded three, I guess now they are edit team. It, they could not have been more welcoming. They made us feel so special. And Leeds is a gorgeous town. So yeah, I would happily do that event anytime they ever ask me because it was a great conference. All right. Uh, could you briefly speak about what you do at Microsoft? The title of Senior Manager for Global Engagement uh, does not really tell me a lot. Maybe I'm just ignorant. <laughs> I know our titles are quite nebulous. So think of my main job as falling under like learning and development and innovation. So what my role really is, is I go out and I research a lot of the different either upcoming trends or thought leadership or even hands-on tactical ways that businesses can make more money. I'll create Mm -hmm. that into stories and narratives and then I go out and I deliver them to our audiences, whether that is one-on-one meetings with our clients Mm -hmm. or at events such as search leads. So looking for new opportunities on the internet. This is probably one of the most interesting job descriptions that there are out there. I will give you the stage for your five minutes. Uh, Tell us briefly in around five minutes, what were the main points of your presentation at Search Leads? Okay, that sounds good. I must tell you, I'm a little nervous. Five minutes. All right, let's do this. So I started out by saying that we've all fantasized about AI for, for many years. If you look back at our movies, we've turned to AI and robots to help fight intergalactic wars like Star Wars. We've used it to overcome some of our biggest problems, such as loneliness, if you think about the movie Her, Mm. or if you think about using robots to fight other killer robots like Terminator. We've always, in our minds, if there's a big problem, we've turned to AI. But it's not just in fiction. It's a reality as well. What we found is even though AI was like an idea that was born so many years ago, What's helping it become a big reality today is these updates in technology, such as cloud computing, these algorithms, the increase in big data. All of this is really helping AI become a reality today. But before I go any further, I think it's always good to quickly define what is AI exactly? We hear so many people talk about it. Well, essentially, AI is just technology that can perceive, learn, 
reason and assist in decision making to help us really solve our problems. And that's the better definition of AI that I found. So, all right, the question is, how does AI impact search? Well, there's two really big ways. The first one is how AI is helping search become a lot more intelligent. And this one actually excites me almost the most, because if we think about the sort of older days of search, a search engine's job was simply to index all the information that existed on the web. So it would use things like keywords, et cetera, to try to find out and figure out what goes where. But now that AI can come in, search engines can start to understand and reason over all of the content on the web. So with things like natural language understanding, with machine reading comprehension, it can read and learn and understand about the different entities and the relationships between the entities. So now it's much more able to reason over it. I think a good example that that Bing has pioneered is what we call Bing Intelligent Search. So a good example is if I did a search, if I'm arguing with my son about, hey, don't spend too much time playing video games, and he's like, why? They're good for you. Then if I did a search for like, why are video games bad for you? I would see all the results that showed me why video games are bad for me. Using keyword matching, it's just sort of trying to give me, it's reinforcing my point of view. If my son does, why are video games good for you? He'll come up with 10 results of why it's good for him. So that's not helpful. We're in our own filter bubbles. But what intelligent search does, it's able to understand what are you looking for? Okay, if I search for, is it bad for you? Is coffee bad for you? It will know that you don't just want one point of view, you want both. So it'll give me both side by side, empowering the human to make the decision. So that's just one good example. And we see this as an actionable strategy today for people, for search marketers, when they can use this in, especially in things like audience marketing, uh, uh, something that we have in the in the US and it's called in-market audiences. We, Google has them as well, being created them first <laughs> on, search, on the search network, I should specify. This is where it's like a machine, that's AI in action. It's essentially the computer on, goes through and identifies lists of people who are in the market or wanting to buy a certain type of product or feature. And we have over 152 different lists. And then it allows PPC advertisers to go ahead and target this group of people and bid higher for them. So Peer, if you wanted to sell running shoes tomorrow, you would target the in-market audience for people selling athletic shoes or people I mean, wanting to buy athletic shoes and you could bid them higher and you could see way higher conversion mm-hmm. rates. So, so far in our testing, we have found that ads shown to people with in-market audiences see a 28% lift in click-through rate and a 48% lift in conversion rate than ads not shown to people with in-market audiences. So it really makes a big deal. Now, the other big thing that I think search really understands are different inputs. You don't just have to type in keywords anymore. You can talk to your search engine and you can actually just take a picture of something and it can find you results. I think these two are really, really interesting trends that all SEOs should be thinking about right now. So if I am, visual is the one I'll talk about first. It's so much easier, right? You can take a picture, get an answer. You don't have to find the right words to describe something. Now, if I was walking down the street and I really, really liked this 
handbag that somebody was carrying, I might try to do a search for it. But if I, I can try to type in like 50, 60 different types of keywords, but it will be hard for me to match exactly the right key, uh, right handbag she's carrying. But if I just took a picture and I searched for it, I could match it instantly. So it's search, in this way, image search is convenient, but it also helps you find things when you don't have the answer, where you don't have the words to go and search for it. Bing's taking this one step further. You can even search within an image so you can crop up the image and isolate certain parts of an image. So it's great for discovery. It's usually used for um, retail and clothing and household items. I think a really good thing for SEOs to pay attention to is to start optimizing the images as well as the product feed. Also make sure you're having structured data for your images too. And another one you could consider doing is having an XML sitemap for just for images as well that's separate and that updates every time you have new images so that's a really good one for people to pay attention to because we see images more and more showing up whether it's interacting from the image tab or having more of these image boxes right on the SERPs as well now the last one i'll talk about quickly is is vocal and whenever i say vocal search everyone gets really excited and we think about voice search right We're like voice search this is the best new thing it's the big new thing and Voice input is definitely a big thing. Voice search, I would encourage people to curb your enthusiasm. Don't get so excited yet. In fact, there's tons of research. If I look even at our own Bing data, actual voice searches are really small fraction of the overall searches. And if I look at um, research from Media Post, they found that 70, that 70% of consumers have never used voice search to shop or search for products. What we're finding is that most people tend to use voice search for quick facts. How long should I boil an egg for it to be soft boiled? Or, hey, um, assistant, give me directions home. Or, you know, is this store open? It's really quick things. So if you want to optimize for voice search, essentially you should only really focus on the things that are best for SEO anyway. So whether it's optimizing for, uh, for featured snippets or optimizing your structured data or optimizing for local search, all of these things, if you do that, will help your voice search anyway. So you don't need to spend time and money doing something extra for voice because right now there's not enough return on investment for that. But what we are finding is where we are seeing conversation. We are seeing voice search and voice input, but it's more in the case of voice interactions and not really searches. So I would pay more attention to trends such as chatbots and skills at the moment because that's where things are happening. So to quickly recap, I would say my three quick points are saying better understanding that the search engines can do will give us opportunities for increased personalization. We're also able to expand and reach our audiences better through new forms of audience targeting. And I would recommend focus on conversational interactions versus voice search. I have a couple of questions. It's really interesting for me that you spoke about image optimization. I feel that images are sometimes sort of neglected by website, I don't, I don't want to say by SEOs, but by website owners. And when reading uh, on the internet about how to be good in web, uh, in web searches, images are not really uh, mentioned as often as they used to be. But on the other hand, there's a lot of things that you can do. You mentioned yourself, structured data, sitemap, XML, and all of those stuff. Is it getting more important as it was in the past, or is it still the same important, but we just sort of forgot about them? No, I think it's getting increasingly more and more important. And that's because we are getting trained to search via image. Now, if I'm in my Amazon app, for example, 
I can simply take a picture to find something. So it happens in there. It's happening on sites like Pinterest. They let you go ahead and like search via image or search with an images, Snapchat, you know, tons of different apps. I have my car app will let me put up my camera. I mean, my phone camera in front of a car and find information about it. Same thing. So all around us, we're being trained. And if you think about it as humans, we are mm. super trainable. I always love this example. Let me ask you, Peter, before we got cameras in our phones, like how many times in a year did you take photographs? That was like once or twice, right? For big holidays. Yeah, maybe like two, three times. Maybe it was like birthdays, maybe like holidays. Maybe you go on vacation. But now we take like so many pictures every single day because it's easier. And that just shows you that we're so trainable. So if we're seeing that this searching via image is becoming common everywhere, we'll want to expect that from search engines. And it helps you get far more accurate. I can take a picture. I can match it exactly. I can use it to, to find things I don't have the words for. Like if I had to go and buy a certain tool in a toolbox then I'd be like oh I don't know what this tool is called like I just I'm not familiar with it so I could just take a picture and it would tell me like yeah Purna you need an Allen wrench I'm like oh I wouldn't have known what that was. One of the things that I was personally always interested in is the structured data. When I go to the website schema.org where all of the details of all of different structured data that I am able to implement on my website are listed there's a giant amount of all of the different all of the different ways of how I can structure my, my data. But search engines, if I understand stuff right, are only able to understand a limited amount of uh, structured data. My question is, how far should we go with, with implementing structured data on our website? Should we go as far as possible? So just tag every possible kind of data or should we only go with uh, the only the basic article products reviews uh questions um I would say that there's a two-part answer to that. The first part is go mm -hmm. and always check up what's the latest advice on Big Webmaster Tool and Google Search Console. If you go and look at the two search engines directives, that should give you good insights on just how much is needed. The other thing also depends on your business needs. If something is really important and this is something that's going to make you a lot of money, like it, it, it's not going to hurt you to add more information. Ultimately, the more information you give the search engines, the better and more accurately they can rank you. The search engines feed the digital assistant. So if you want a Cortana or Google Assistant to, to be able to give you a better vocal answer, all of this, it all ties back to the information you provide. So I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of putting in a lot of information, but I also understand you have a real business. There's a lot to do. So I would say for those products where it makes a lot of sense, do more. And then things are always going to catch up. And then for the other stuff, you can pace yourself a little bit and create a plan. This is something that I try to do. Go as far as possible, of course, within the um, reasonable budget. Exactly. And it's it's not going to hurt. So as long as you're just make sure you're following all of the webmaster guidelines and you should be in good shape. And of course, use webmaster tools. May that be Bing or Google webmaster tools. I feel that those tools are uh, underused uh, and not really understood as the best tools or the only tools where search engines are able to tell you themselves what is wrong with your website, but people just use it a bit uh, not enough. Yeah, and I would recommend always using both because both give you, they actually give you slightly different information mm -hmm. as well. So it will be quite helpful for you to get some information either from Bing that Google didn't give you or that yeah, you know, vice yeah. versa. All right. Um, I feel we covered everything that was, everything but the most important points. 
Um, where can people find you? What do you have any uh, conference engagements for the future already set up? Something you would like to tell the podcast listeners? Yeah, so um, you can always find me on Twitter. I am addicted to it. So you can just, it's at Purna Virji. And I'm also on LinkedIn if you ever want to have questions or reach out to me. Or else, yes, I will be, so in Europe, I'll be coming to a couple of different ones. I will be at DMAXCO in Cologne next month. And I'm also going to be in Ireland for Learn Inbound. And I'll also be at Brighton SEO. And then in the US, I'm going to be at PubCon Vegas. So definitely, if you are going to be at any of these, hit me up. It'll always be good to see you. And fingers crossed, I'll get to come back to Slovenia at some point because I was I have fallen madly in love with your country. It was so lovely. Excellent. I will be at Brighton SEO. Um, I already have the tickets and everything. So I'll uh, find you and we'll chat up uh, there. And of course, uh, yeah, hopefully you will see you uh, in Slovenia again. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for being on the podcast and have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.